turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Romans chapter 8, and uh, we'll begin reading at verse 28. Then we might back up a verse or two just to kind of help it make sense. I'm speaking today on all things working together. There's great misunderstanding, I think, in the body of Christ from different circles of what this means. You hear, you'll hear people quote, you ever heard people quote half a scripture? And then they've got a doctrine going on half a scripture and you're going, well, that's not exactly what that verse says. Like, for example, one of them, this is one of them, but another passage is, well, God's thoughts are higher than ours and His ways are higher than ours. And so that, you know, most people, their doctrine from that is so you can't figure out God. But that's not what that says at all. It says, in that, my words do not return void. That's how his thoughts are higher and his ways are higher. We will, just by our human frailty, we will accept no for an answer. We will sometimes let our words come back and flap us in the face and shrug our shoulders and go, well, we don't know. But God doesn't have that problem. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's why the greatest thing you can speak over your circumstance are His words. Because He doesn't necessarily guarantee that our words don't return void, but His do. And in some cases, we're grateful that our words return void because we say horrible things. And uh, and sometimes we curse ourselves and don't realize it. You know, we will we'll start talking all kinds of stuff. We're going to have to repent later, amen, and say, Lord, you know, <laughs> I didn't mean all that. But uh, thank God that that um, that doesn't. Somebody said, well, the problem with the faith's confession, confession bringing possession. Is it's just so difficult to get that work uh, to work? And I heard one preacher say, "No, the problem is it works too well." And uh, so oftentimes, what we have is a result of what we've been saying. And uh, so, you know, that's another lesson. But again, um, God's ways are higher, and His thoughts are higher, in that He does. Not, if God says it, that's it. Amen. Now. To give you an example of the spirit of that, you know, again, just making a reference to this, we don't have to look it up, but in Mark 4, the story of Jesus with the disciples in the boat going to the other side, remember that? And He said, let's go over to the other side. He didn't say, let's go under to the other side. He said, let's go over. We're going to stay on top of the water even if the storm comes, even if the winds blow and the the waves, you know, flutter. We're still going to the other side. And he went to sleep on a pillow. He gave us an example of what it's like to rest in a storm. You know, you better learn to rest in a storm. Otherwise, the storm will take you out and take you under. But you know, if you can learn to rest, that's what grace is all about. Grace is not, you know, the accusation against grace preachers. I heard somebody say something this week uh, at camp meeting. I won't say who and where, but uh, somebody said something about, you know, throwing a brick at grace. And I thought, well, it's just a lack of understanding. Grace is not a license to sin or an excuse to go nuts in some way. That's not what... A person who is... If they are... 
erroneously using grace as that. They don't know anything about the grace of God. Right. The grace of God empowers us to live according to God's will and to God's plan. Amen? So we thank God for that. So there's no, there's no problem with grace. In fact, grace is the answer. Grace is a strength and a power. It's not some weak, namby-pamby excuse thing going on, right? So just because somebody misinterprets that and uses it as an occasion to the flesh, is what Paul called it, doesn't mean there's something wrong with grace. There's something wrong with the, the dummy... You know, abusing it. It's the abuser that's the problem with that, not the person, not grace itself. The grace of God is perfect and love, full of love and full of power, and you don't have to be afraid of it. Hallelujah. But there's a rest in grace. Amen? And a rest in the sense of like a building resting on its foundation. So, you know, uh, rest does not always mean that you are asleep or that you're lazy in some way. But rest means I've got a firm foundation. I've got a footing. Amen? And so we rest on the grace of God. What does it mean? What does grace mean? Grace is a gift. Grace is free. God provided it. You can't earn it. If you're earning it, you're out of grace. You're back into wages somehow. And the only the only thing the Bible says where you can earn wages is in the sin department. The the wages of sin is death. So the spiritual death is talking about. So there, if you serve sin, you're gonna you're gonna get paid wages, and that's in the form of of, of, of different forms of death. Praise the Lord. So we're resting on the finished work of the cross. We're resting on what Jesus did. And He did it before we were even born. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. So salvation is a gift. And and grace is a gift. That means everything under salvation is a gift. Healing is a gift of God, wrapped up and given to you. Amen? Deliverance is a gift of God. Uh, uh, provision and abundance is a gift of God given to us by the Lord. Hallelujah. So we can't earn all that. Uh, the only thing we can do, what's our effort then? Paul said, let us labor to try to please the Lord in some small way. No, he said, let us labor that we enter into rest. Again, meaning like a building, rest on a foundation. We are resting on God's love. We are resting on His grace. Even though the world around us or our own life may be entangled with turmoil. We can have turmoil all around us, right in our face. We can feel the waves Feel the wind blowing. We can be in the midst of the storm, the lightning and everything. But on the inside, we're resting. On the inside, we have peace. We have confidence. Amen. That God is with us. That He's helping us. And that He's putting us over. That's a big part of grace. Right there. Amen. And just in the sin department, which I must mention, because if you preach grace and you don't mention sin, somebody will remind you of sin at the end of the meeting. Praise the Lord. That's a joke. But not really. 
you know, well, you 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 know, you didn't mention the fourth person of the Godhead. Some people are so are so sin conscious they've made sin the fourth person of the Godhead. If they talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, then they have to talk about sin, or they feel like they haven't been to church. But I'll tell you something, even about sin, even if you miss it in the area of sin, God's grace is still the thing that puts you over. Knowing that His blood is sufficient. Knowing that He has already provided forgiveness and restoration for you. Amen? It's a matter then of faith. Do you believe that the cross is enough? Do you believe that He really finished the work? That's the question. If you can believe that, you can be free from your sin, free from your temptation, free from all your problems. Say, preach it, Brother David. So even in the midst of sickness or grief or whatever, I mean, come on, we've already mentioned in this service, uh, all of us have been affected this week by something. You know, there's a family that's been affected by the loss of a loved one. And it's affected all of us. We all loved Justin. We all, he, he was a bright spot. You know, when he came, we loved to, to see him. And I was sorry. I felt sorry as a pastor when he moved to Dunedin or wherever he went. And it, said, it, it was like he moved to Paris or something. You know, he was just uh, away from us. But, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's grief. Here's a family dealing with the loss and grief. Friends, here is uh, a family, our family, affected. Touched by sickness, affected by the work of the devil in that area. Here, uh, you know, different ones. Everyone could probably stand and announce in some area of where there's a strife or a struggle. Not a strife so much, but a struggle, striving in the sense of strife. There's a striving, there's a struggle, there's a storm, there's an attack. Folks, we might as well talk about these things. You know, to, to, some people in the faith movement made the mistake of, well, if you talk about your attack or even ask prayer requests, that you're out of faith in some way. Well, that's ridiculous. Amen. That's just dumb. I don't know what to call it other than dumb, dumb, dumb. Amen? And uh, so, you know, at some point, everybody has a prayer need. At some point, everyone needs. We need the body of Christ. We need to discern, hallelujah, that we can be a support to one another and a love to one another and, 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 and a friend. Praise God. When you feel friendless or when you feel, where, where, where you feel like well, so, no one understands what I'm feeling. No one understands what I'm going through. But you know what? Jesus knows and He understands and we are His body and the body of Christ gets it. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, uh, man, I saw, I saw one of the worst things. I probably shouldn't bring it up, but I will. I saw one of the worst things one time. There was a pastor of a, a Word of Faith church. And, and uh, it was a big church. You know, they had like 3,000 people. And the man had heart trouble for years, you know, had been to the doctor and struggling, and I'm sure he was believing God in some way. The congregation never knew that he had anything wrong with him whatsoever. And and so he up and died, you know, just like that. Had the 44 years of age, or 43, 42, whatever it was. He just has a heart attack and dies. 
and the congregation found out about it by reading the morning newspaper on Wednesday morning uh, because the press got it from the hospital, you know, for the whatever that is registered, the death registry. And uh, so can you imagine the, the feeling of this congregation? All of a sudden their pastor, who they think is just the picture of health, is dead, you know. And uh, they read about it in the paper, uh, and, and the, the phone starts ringing off the hook, and of course every the buzz starts. And by the time they had the funeral, you know, it was just like everyone was in shock. It was a terrible thing. And I said, this is a mistake. This is not faith. This this is not this this is uh this does not help anyone, amen. So we need one another, amen. Praise the Lord. We can all get in faith for one another. We can we if we feel a little discouraged and a little down, praise the Lord. Uh, there's nothing like a brother or sister in the Lord to speak a word of victory to us, to speak a word of faith, amen. To lift up and say, Hey, listen. Or, or maybe you could say, I've been in your shoes. I know what this feels like. I know what uh, can happen to your mind and your thought processes. But I want you to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I want you to know that God is helping you. And we're praying and we're believing God. Amen? Amen. And as Sheree and I, um, uh, as your pastors, we appreciate you as a congregation standing with us. Believing God with us. Praying for us. Amen. And we can feel the effects of your prayers. And um, and we receive, amen, uh, the love of that. I'm way off of my subject, aren't I? But uh, just had to get that all said. Sometimes the pastor has to share his heart. And uh, the CD has to suffer. The recording suffers and we get it said. Now, is that okay? That's what editing is all about, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> But uh, what I'm, what we're going to read here, like I said, if it hair lips the devil, uh, verse 28 of Romans 8. Now you think about the Romans 8. Somebody said about Romans 8 uh, that it is the it is the middle of the Bible. In other words, it is the heart of the Bible is Romans 8. It starts with that glorious Scripture. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, we don't have condemnation. We're not building our faith in God on our performance. We're building our faith in God on Christ's performance. It's a big difference. Amen. And we thank God for it. And he talks about the difference between walking in the Spirit and being in the flesh. And boy, being in the flesh doesn't just mean, you know, that you're out partying, acting like a fool. I'm telling you, worldliness is beyond just what we would consider, you know, open in your face sin. Worldliness means anything that's the attitude uh, of the world thinking like the world. My Lord, if Sharia and I thought like the world thinks, we'd be, you know, under the table with things we've dealt with. But we're not thinking like the world. And we're not even tempted to think like the world because of the Holy Ghost. We don't think like the world, we don't act like the world, and we don't talk like the world. 
Uh, I heard one guy say uh, from a camp meeting in Alabama many years ago, it's on uh, YouTube, you can catch it, but uh, Charles Kahn, he, he was a great leader in the church of God, and he said, worldliness... Now, again, to Pentecostals, if you say the word worldliness, they're thinking hairstyle and you know makeup and whatever. But worldliness is beyond that. That's an external thing. Worldliness starts on the inside the same as holiness starts on the inside. Amen? What is real holiness about anyway? Is it the way you wear your hair, pile it up, and you know, the glory bun? Is it, what is it? Holiness is not a look, it's not a hairstyle, it's not a skirt length, it's not, women really got it, didn't they? It was like the Taliban, you know, stood <laughs> over and, you know, put it on them. But, um, and they said, well, it's to keep the men from lusting. And I said, well, I, do you think a blind man has trouble with lust? I mean, you could be, listen, uh, whoever says that, doesn't understand the way the male mind works. We don't have to see anything to have lust. It can just be a thought. So that's ridiculous, you know. When you so you put the bag over the what woman, so you know you're not lusting. That's ridiculous. But uh, anyway, holiness is not hairstyle and clothing or lack thereof or whatever. But holiness is a condition of the soul, and it really has to do with just agreeing with God. Believing what God says. What is God's attitude about this? What does God say about sickness? What does God say about lack? What does God say about the way I feel? What does God say about hurt feelings and emotions and offenses? Oh, don't want to go there if you're offended. That's the last place you want to go is the Bible. Because it will make you correct it. Amen. And get rid of it, right? You can't be offended and walk and walk in the Word because they don't go together. My mother told me one time, you know, if you know my mom, she's kind of feisty. She's mellowing out with age. But uh, my mom said one time, she said, I searched the Bible from cover to cover to find a scripture to stand on to hold a grudge. And she said, it's just not there. I can't find it, you know. And, and, uh, but she wanted to. And uh, against all kind of people. But it's just not there. So, so you could say that, that holding a grudge is a worldliness. Something like that. So a worldly attitude. Anyway, Dr. Kahn said, he said, you don't cure worldliness by passing more rules and regulations for people to follow. Now, we've got folks right in the Word of Faith movement that don't know that, and they think that that's their answer. They've got Bible school students and different people that are... You know, doing things that young people do anyway, no matter what rule you have. Right. You'll just the smart ones will figure out a way around it. Hello. Yeah. Somebody said, "Did you know that at the Christian University that they've got everything there that they have in the world?" Well, <laughs> of course they do, because if you have people at different levels and immaturity, they're going to get into trouble. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you don't have standards or whatever, but you're not going to cure what's wrong with an individual on the inside by just reading the law to them. How many know that's true? So it has to be a heart change, doesn't it? God has to get involved. Imagine that. We have to have something supernatural. We have to have a divine touch of, of heaven. It's, it's like, uh, it is like, uh, uh, was preached at camp meeting. It's by the Holy Ghost. 
that we have. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. How, how do we change our thinking? How do we not think like the world and act like the world and talk like the world and look like the world? It's something on the inside working its way out. Praise God. Amen? So, the Romans 8 is this great book of... Um, a great book of, of, of telling us who we are in Christ, that we're not living by the flesh, that we're not ruled by the flesh, that we're in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, walking with God, thinking God's thoughts, talking God's words. Praise That's a good start. Just start there. And if you ever get deeper than that, correct yourself and get back up and you know stop spelunkering down in the caves of, 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 of uh, doctrine and try to just keep it simple. Amen? Here's the simple. Good God, bad devil. How deep do you need to get? Amen? Praise the Lord. There's your whole thing. You can, turn, you can stop paying for seminary. Alright. Now, cemetery. Alright. Now, it says here, uh, again, in verse 28, we know, we'll finally get to the subject, we know, everybody say, we know. We know. Now, that's a strong statement right there, we know. Not we think, not we hope, not even we believe. He said, we know. Woo! This is a good, amen, this is a good thing to know. It's, you know, it's the truth you know that sets you free. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. But it's only the truth you know that sets you free. A truth that you don't know anything about doesn't have much effect on you. At least to your, to your working knowledge. We know, that was redundant, but it's true anyway. We know that all things are how many? Well, how can something bad be included here? Because it says all things. Now, hang on to your hat. Don't worry, I'm not going to put something on you. I'm going to show you something great here, though, that will help you from being... Listen, I, I, I cut my teeth got my foundation in ministry in the Word of Faith movement. And I'm grateful for that on one hand, but then I had to undo a lot of stuff. Thank God that we could see. Amen? Now, anytime you get a revelation, the tendency of humans is that we make a, a, a religion out of it. And that's when it gets dark and ugly and evil. But one of the things that I'm thankful for, for Brother Hagen and his ministry and the Word of Faith movement, is pointing us always to Scripture. Amen? Thank God for feelings, but if you don't have one, it's okay. I've got Scripture. Amen? Well, I had a dream. Well, whoop-de-doo. Praise the Lord. Maybe it was too much spaghetti. I don't know. It could have been God, maybe it's not. How do you know if it was? You go to the Word. And if the Word backs up your dream, then great. If the Word doesn't back up your dream, well, I don't know what to tell you. You can hang on to it if you want to. It's up to you. You won't go to hell for that. No. Alright. So I'm just trying to show you though, as far as building a doctrine, 
and building a foundation for me, I learned how to believe the Word of God in face of everything else around me that said the contrary. I'm thankful for that and grateful. Amen. Amen. So, so that's a good thing. Uh, but um, one of the things that we struggled with was all things, all things. Because we thought, well, what, where does sickness play in there? Where does lack play in there? And other things. And so we said, well, we read it. We word people read it. We know that some things work together for good. And other things are bad and we don't want to even deal with it. So what happened is and then when the trials of life come and slap you in the face, you don't know how to deal with it. Because it's like, oh, I don't have to deal with this. But I'm going to show you something great here. Because how many know that you cannot control always the trial that comes against you? Has anybody ever had the feeling of something's out of control here? I wish I could stop this. I wish I could deal with this just by hitting the right lever. The button. If I could just find the right button. It's like it's like radios and cars these days. You need a physics degree to run the thing, you know, because it's like I just you know, I like our I still can't figure out how to go from C D one to C D two in our car. It's just nuts and you gotta go by the time you're finished reading the screen and typing in, you know, you're you're in the bay somewhere. You know, you have to pull off the road to change the radio station. But that's the way we treat the things of God as if it's I've got to just find the right button. And if you've ever frantically tried to pray the right prayer and say the right thing and do the right action and release my faith in the right way, if anybody ever been in that structure, you will almost lose your marbles thinking you're grasping. Pretty soon you're grasping. You're not resting. This is this 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 is a Greek word. It simply means the finished work. But you're not resting on the finished work at that point. You're trying to make it happen. Uh, oh, I got to pray the right prayer and I got to say the right thing and get the right anointing. Who's got the? Uh, oh, my anointing oil is from a better olive tree in Israel than yours. Your olive oil is from Spain. No wonder you're not being healed. I mean, you know, or something. You know, far off the campus. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And, and, and this is where word people can miss it. They'll start thinking it's on them. They're resting on their action and their faith. And did I give enough? And am I walking in unforgiveness? And am I walking in perfect love? Well, who is? Come on. Yeah. Even the guy writing the book is not. He's got issues. So, you know, everybody's the same. We're people, we're fallible. But beyond all that is what we're talking about. So, 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 like I said, I'm grateful for my word background, but then there's also problems with it. And the problems is we think we're the guy in the driver's seat. And so when something comes that we know is not the will of God, when something comes that is, is outside of redemption, sickness, for example, bad report, for example, Suffering, real pain. I mean, Sheree was in real pain. You understand? Like, can't breathe from it. So when things like that happen, and then you go to this Scripture, you don't even want to hear it. Rip it out of the Bible. All things work together for good. How can this be for my good? I can't even breathe. 
Can we just be that open and honest? Have you ever, have you ever been there? Well, I'm not going to about this thing. Word of faith people do not like verse 28. It's like Jerry Savelle said, we're not word people, we're favorite word people. We like Mark 11.23, but we don't like Romans 8.28. We do like Romans 8.26, but not 28. It's a bad one. But no, it's there. So why can't we understand it and get... How many believe there's a blessing out of this verse? We know that all things... How many? All. How many? All. All things work together for good to them that love God. Now here's requirements to qualifications. Now, it only works for good to them that love God. How many here love God? Alright, that means this is for you. Say, this means me. Okay, so we read it this way. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Okay, that's me. Say, that's me. That's me. I love God. Say that. That's me. I love God. Yeah, yeah. And then look at this. And, there's a comma. It means something else is going to follow. And to them who are called according to His purpose. Say, that means me too. Or say, that's also me. So, so here I read it this way. And we know, not that we believe, not that we hope, not that we imagine, but we know. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, that's me, and to them who are called the called, the called according to his purpose, that's me too. For him for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now in the same verse, let's just keep reading because this gives it meaning if we keep reading. Right? So how can this some bad thing? How can a cancer report or, or you know, something in your, weird in your family, or how can it be ultimately uh, something that works together for good to them? Because it says all things, all things. But I'll tell you, God is the master of taking what was intended for evil and turning it around for good. Turning it around for a testimony of His goodness. A testimony of His love. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so it says, Moreover, in other words, on top of that, 30, Moreover, is not the name of uh, is is not a Bible character name. There were some kids in children's church years ago when I was a kid. That was a hundred years ago, wasn't it? And we're we're uh, we're uh, having a Sunday school contest to see who could name the most Bible characters. And whoever names the most Bible characters, you know, wins some something like you know, praying hands night light or something, you know. <laughs> Go in the dark, and so uh, we're 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 everybody's trying to think of every Bible name they can, you know, and to come up with the easy stuff, you know, Abraham, Moses, <laughs> Jesus, you know. I mean, even Lucifer's name was in there. He's a Bible character, you know. Every every name, Gabriel, all the angels, 
And so finally, you know, you get down to the all the stuff in the Old Testament anybody can remember, and finally. One kid raised his hand and says, the teacher's about ready to call it, who's the winner? And said, I know, one's not been mentioned. And they said, what? He said, moreover. And they said, no, there's not a moreover. Yeah, moreover the dog. He talks about Lazarus and his wound, you know, and his sores. He said, moreover the dogs came and licked his wound. So he said, moreover the dog. It's a Bible character. But right here, verse 30, (laughs) that's bad, ain't it? Verse 30, moreover, it's not the dog, it means furthermore, amen? In other words, even more so, whom He did predestinate, then He also called, and whom He called, them He also justified. Praise God, we're justified. And whom He justified... Then He also glorified. Woo! Glory to God. We're justified. We're glorified. What shall we then say to these things? Now you think it's the same things that are the word things in verse 28? I think so. Things. We know that all these things work. He says, what shall we say to these things? Y'all think it's the same? Yeah, it's the same word, isn't it? Am I like imagining this? Things. All things work together, and now we say, what shall we say to these things that work together? What are we going to say to them? This is interesting, isn't it? And uh, so what are things? Things is things. In other words, circumstances, situations, uh, everything. What are we going to say to these things? He says, what shall we say? What shall we say? He's going to tell us. Here's what we're going to say. If God be for us, who can be against us? I said, if God be for us, who can be against us? All things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And then, what shall we say to the things? If God be for us, who or what can be against us? Glory to God. He And look at this as far as Him giving you your blessing. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him or through Him also freely give us all things? Again, we have the thing. We, this is like Dr. Zeus, thing one and thing two, isn't it? But whatever your things are, praise the Lord, what are you going to say to the thing? If God be for us, who can be against us? What if the thing's against you? If God be for us, who can be against us? What if the thing looks like it's not working together for your good? You tell the thing, you know you're working together for my good. Praise the Lord. You can't. You can't win because it's all for my good. Praise God. God's doing a work in me. You know, if you could say that in the midst of a bad situation, you're doing pretty good in faith. Amen. Amen. To say hallelujah. God is doing a work in me. God's doing something great in my life. God is raising me up. And God is working. Hallelujah. And we never give the devil any glory. 
We never give Him any praise. Like that one sister in Brother Hagin's church back there in the 30s in Texas in the Assemblies of God. She stood up and said, The devil's been after me all week. Bless His holy name. And sat down. You know, well, she might as well have been blessing His name because she's talking about what He's doing. We don't go around talking about what the devil's doing. Well, look what he's done now. No, we talk about what God's doing. Hallelujah. God's helping. God's blessing. God's putting us over. One preacher, brother, again, Brother Hagin's story, he was going to preach at a church and he needed so much for the offering, you know, to meet his budget. He's a guest speaker. He's the guest evangelist and holding a revival. And the pastor said, Oh, how much are you believing God for this week, brother? And he said, I don't want to tell you. He said, Why? He says, I don't think you can bear it. <laughs> well, I want to believe God with you. He says, I'm not sure you can. He said, Well, try me. He said, All right. So he told him how much he needed. I think back then it was $150 for the week. So I need $150. And he said the pastor fell over backwards in his chair holding his heart and saying, Oh my God, you're going to give me a heart to... He said, he said, the greatest offering this church has ever given any guest evangelist for an entire week is $90. And uh, he said, if the Lord Jesus Christ Himself held a meeting here, I don't think He'd get more than $90. <laughs> and he said, you got a, you're going for 150 He said, yeah. And he said, uh, well, that was the original number, but he said, Aretha called and said some new bills came in that we weren't expecting, and now it's 300 He said the guy literally got on the floor and said, I don't know, Brother Hagin, I don't think... He said, I'll tell you what, you don't try to believe anything. Just stay neutral. Because <laughs> he said, you can't get in faith, so don't fight me at least, Amen. <laughs> Sometimes there's folks that I want to say, you can see the look on their face if you tell them your trial or your trouble or what's coming up. You, you know, and they just the look on their face is just total fear and astonishment. And you want to say to them, I'll tell you what, don't try to believe anything. Just stay neutral, amen? <laughs> At least take the break off and let's go forward. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, praise you, Jesus. Well, anyway, he said that if if uh, how shall he not with Christ also freely give us all things? That's what we say to the things. If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. Does that help you right there? So all things do work to. In other words, praise God. The devil intends for his bad news, whatever area that would be, he intends. For us to lose our joy, lose our faith, lose our victory, be sad and mad and have a bad feeling about it. But praise the Lord, even in the midst, and Sheree and I learned that. You know, sister, we've, we've, we've been where you are. We got the knock on the door that, you know, your son's gone. He was 26 years old. So we know what that's like. And it feels like your heart's going to break. And you feel like you're not going to make it, but you will. And God helps us. 
Amen. So even in the midst, Sheree and I learn even in the midst of terrible grief and darkness and sadness, the Lord sustains you. He gives you a peace that is beyond understanding. He gives you an understanding that your mind can't comprehend, but somehow it all makes sense and it works and and you go, it's it's okay, it's okay, it's going to be okay. God's with us. If God be with us, who can be against us? If God's for us, who or what can can ever take us out? Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. God is on our side. We cannot lose. Preach, Brother David. All right, look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I believe this will help us to clear up if there's still questions about this teaching. Amen. Praise the Lord. Get over there to it. 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to look at... um, Chapter 5. Let's start at 16. You know, uh, this is a good little passage here of how people say, well, I just want to be in the will of God. Well, here's one way to start. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Rejoice evermore. Now, evermore would mean always, wouldn't it? And then this next verse here has been completely messed up by the you know the silver lining in every cloud people uh, or the 18 but 17 says pray without ceasing so our life is a prayer amen we're constantly praying about something did you know that even if you're just driving down the road and you just go well praise the Lord did you know you're praying something that simple Praise is a type of prayer. The prayer of praise. Well, that's always in order, isn't it? You know, that will drive the devil absolutely nuts. Especially in the middle. He's already nuts, but it drives him even more nuts. Like Brother Norville says, the devil's nuts. We've met people that were nuts. But the devil's more nuts. The devil's already nuts, but you, you you just want to just make his day and and, 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 and and just let him know who's in charge just in the middle of trouble and trial. Just double up on your praise time. Because mm-hmm. he's wanting you to say, I just feel like he's left me. He's not with me. He's not helping me. I'm by myself. That's where he wants us to go. But I tell you what, when you just lift up your voice, if all you can get out is praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That you're praying without ceasing. And you're thanking God. Put on a little praise music on your radio if you can figure out how to operate. And listen, you might end up with, uh, you know, Hank Williams instead of... Somebody else. But, um, which is not gospel music, by the way. I just thought I'd tell you. But, um, you can just praise Him. And sometimes, you know, Sheree and I, even more so in the last year, we have just been putting on more 
you know, Christian music and praise songs. And every now and then there will be one that's embalmed with doubt and unbelief, but you just skip that and go to the next one. Praise the Lord. And you just keep listening and praising Him and thanking Him and just lifting up His name and praising Him. And uh, when bad news comes, you just say, Hallelujah, glory to God. I've got the victory. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And we say to these things, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. God's on the throne. Jesus is alive. My life is wrapped and hid in Him. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. Amen. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. You just rattle it off out of your heart and out of your spirit. That's why Dodie Osteen said one time, put the Word of God in there when you don't need it. When you do need it, it'll come gushing out. It's like a sponge. Be a sponge of the Word of God. Be a sponge to to, uh, Bible teaching and preaching and, and, and Bible verses. Just soak it up like a sponge. What happens, whatever's in that sponge, when you squeeze it, that's what's going to come out. Amen? And so uh, be a sponge and absorb it. And then when the devil comes to try to squeeze you a little bit, what will come oozing out is the Word of God. Amen? So the truth of the, the Bible and the Gospel will come out. You'll declare the devil is the what? The liar and the father of all lies. And all he says is a lie. And so when he says a lie, you answer him with the truth. I'm on my toes. I'm up there preaching. Praise God. Pray without ceasing. That's what that means. But that doesn't mean you're necessarily praying the prayer of petition without ceasing. But the prayer of praise. Praying in other tongues, hallelujah, is a praise unto the Lord. But Paul said you give thanks well when you do that. Amen. And uh, whatever kind of prayer that you have on your heart. And then verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, there's more things there. We'll stop there. Uh, well, we'll jump to 23 because if you do all these things, what does he say will happen? The very God of peace, the very God of peace will sanctify or cleanse you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body, there's healing right there in this verse, be preserved. <laughs> blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how are we going to do all this? Well, notice it says in everything. It doesn't say for everything. Now, you don't thank God. People say, well, you know, I've heard people say, well, I thank God for uh, cancer or I thank God for arthritis or some other disease. And I've heard evangelical folks do that, thinking that they're being all humble. But it's actually ignorance. Because you don't thank God for something that God didn't sin. Folks, God's not the author of, of sin. You wouldn't thank God for sin, would you? Well, I'm addicted to prostitutes, but I can't help it, you know, and I'm just thanking God for it. Well, no, that would be dumb. I mean, nobody would accept that testimony in church. I just want to thank God for that prostitute I had last night. She was awesome. Praise the Lord. Nobody would accept that. But yet, folks stand up and they'll thank God for, uh, you know, for, for, for sickness 
or disease or some other kind of lack, and everybody says, isn't that humble? No, it's not humble, it's ignorance. So, the Bible doesn't say, for everything give thanks, it says, in everything give thanks. Amen? So, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation that uh, we'd rather not be in, but in, like Jonah, in the fish, he finally gave thanks. Amen? In your trial, you give thanks. Not for it, because God didn't put you there. But in it, you give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What did Jonah... I love the story of Jonah, because remember, three days and nights, all he does is gripe and blame God. Thy billows and thy waves. And he even said there's seaweed wrapped around my head. Well, of course there is. He's in the belly of a fish. And uh, he's got seaweed and it's dark and it's cold and dank and awful and horrible. And it's like uh, it's like being in Tampa in the winter, you know. It's cold and dark and dank. And seaweed could be wrapped around your head. Depends on how bad the wind's blowing. You could at least have Spanish moths hanging off your ear. <laughs> you've either been in a fish or you've been in Tampa in January. Which is it? But... Uh, Praise God, you know, here we are in the midst of it, and he gripes and complains and tells God, this is horrible, and you put me in this situation, and what do you, I don't know, you know, it's, the way we, it's where we want to go. Why aren't you having me? <laughs> but it says that when his soul faded within him, that's a, that's a, a King James way of saying when he blew his mind. <laughs> When he blew his mind, his mind blew. Blew. You ever blown a fuse in your mind? You just think, I can't think of another thought. I'm going to blow through. I mean, it says when his mind, when his soul faded, his mind, mind, will, and emotions just passed out. He says he remembered the Lord. What did he remember about the Lord? The Lord is always good. In him there is no darkness at all. There's only light. There's only help. There's only hope. There's only healing. There's only blessing. Praise God. And so this is what he got and this is what he did. And he says, I will sacrifice with the voice of thanksgiving. And then he said this. The same guy who had said seaweed is of the Lord. The same guy said salvation is of the Lord. That means my deliverance is of God. He's declaring deliverance and he's still in the same darkness. And in the same problem. If you can do that, I'll tell you what, the devil can't defeat you. That's right. We are not defeated. Amen. Nay, what Paul said, nay, I love it, nay. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It's good enough, he'd been good enough if he'd have said we're conquerors or we're winners. But we're more than conquerors. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? Well, if you went back in your Old Old Testament study, you'd find that more than a conqueror means that you not only overcome and conquer, but then you go in for the spoil and you make the enemy pay for what he's done. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. You you, you take back what the devil has stolen. Can you say amen? Amen. And so that's what we do. Shri can come. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands and praise the Lord today. Thank Him. Amen.